Yes, people, welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. We are back again. This is Chima from Chima Chat's Foot, and I want to welcome everyone to another episode of the very, very well-requested Euro Trippin' series. I'm kidding. Nobody requested it at all, but, you know, I'm here back again. I wanted to let some of the group stage games get out of the way a little bit so that we could, uh, you know, we could get into the thick of things with these knockout games and the Euros. This has been probably the best Euros tournament that, I mean, that I've seen in, in, in quite a while. I mean, everything from that own goal from Spain um, to France, we're going we're, we're gonna to get to it all. But let's start with Portugal versus Belgium. So with this one, I, I saw Portugal as a team of a bunch of attacking midfielders um, and nothing, nothing else, you know. Um, they weren't really able to blitz Belgium, even Ronaldo. I mean, I think at this point we can all agree that his powers are on the wane. I know that it is difficult for, for people to admit because he is a, uh, nothing short of a legendary player, but at this point... Um, Ronaldo for Portugal and Ronaldo for Juventus, you need to build the entire team around him. And if you don't, you might find yourself with a bit of a disjointed looking attack up front. So I thought that um, Belgium was going to go through. They eventually did. Um, Lukaku was slowly transforming into the world-class footballer that uh, a lot of people doubted he could become. Um, I've always been a Lukaku fan People like to comment on his first touch, and maybe he's not the most silky of footballers, but he's he's an absolute goal machine at the current moment. And, and I think that um, with KDB getting injured, with Eden Hazard getting injured, he's going to need to step up more than ever to carry them. But what an incredible game of football. Um, and I'm very, very happy Belgium went through. I like a lot of the people um, that they have on that squad. And, and Belgium is one of those teams where – if they don't get it done now, I don't know when they're next going to be able to get it done. You know, Croatia, Spain, what a game this was. Five to three. Um, shout out to Croatia, constantly clawing back, fighting back, trying to equalize. They did, I mean, they did the job that no one believed that they could do either. I thought that they were incredible. I thought that the 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 drive from Luka Modric in the midfield, um, Brezovic, so many you know, that com- that that silkiness combined with the scrap and the steel of just a general Croatian team was very, very impressive. But ultimately, um, I have a, someone who decided to fly their helicopter over, over our podcast here. Can you believe that? Hopefully you all didn't hear that. But anyways, ultimately the quality and the depth and the know-how and the pedigree of Spain uh, got them through that game. Alvaro Morata even scored a goal. So you could imagine if Spain scores five, he gets none of them. But he even got one. And Spain is old Spain, right? Spain with no legs. Spain with no real number nine. Somehow, some way, here they are advancing into the quarter. So definitely need to keep an eye on that. But, I mean, I think that the game that we have to start really analyzing in depth was France versus Switzerland. Um, the French were eliminated on penalties. Um, my man, Kylian Mbappe, missed the final penalty. And credit to the Swiss, shout out to Jordan Shakiri. Um, <laughs> granted, Xhaka got man of the match, and, and that lets you know that uh, it's a it's an unconventional contest we have right here. But the Swiss were very clever. Um, the Swiss 
fought back into the game after being down 3-1 in the 71st minute. Once again, we see Paul Pogba playing absolutely incredibly when he is um, kind of when he has his Ole Gunnar Solskjaer sackles off of his feet. You know, when he doesn't have to play center back. What a goal he scored! Maybe like 30 yards curler, uh, top corner, incredible goal. That put him up 3-1. Benzema ends up scoring two goals in two minutes. And you're thinking this game should be over. But there's always something about France where they don't have those players of old in defense. That you know, Lillian Taram, you know, um, Marcel Desailly, all these older French players from, and this is, I'm dating myself, those are World Cup 98 heroes. If you know, you know. But um, they, there's no way that a European aspirant, right, one of the favorites in the tournament, and a, and a World Cup winning side cannot close out a 3-1 lead with 71 minutes left. Even for that game to finish 3-2 would have been a bit embarrassing. But here we are with France. And, and then you have to look at the coach, Didier Deschamps. You have Griezmann, Mbappe, Benzema all on the pitch at the same time in this weird formation where the commentator noticed they all like to take up central positions. They all kind of like to drift into that because those those are three people that are used to being the main men on their team. You know, I, I, I just, I saw him bring on um, Sissoko from Spurs taking off Antoine Griezmann, but the, he doesn't inspire me with much calm either. He, he, he's a defensive workhorse, yes, but he doesn't give me the calm assurance of a defensive midfielder, someone like that, you know? And this is the midfield with N'Golo Kante in it. You, sh- you shouldn't be, you should be very much able to close out a 3-1 lead if your midfield contains Paul Pogba and N'Golo Kante. That's just, that's just it. And my, my head football coach, my American head football coach used to say, if you let a sorry team hang around with you long enough, they're going to find a way to beat you. And that's exactly what happened. The Swiss just said, look, we'll equalize in, in, in the last minute. We'll equalize, you know, we'll, we'll get one back. We'll just stay within touching distance. And now that equals a trip to the quarterfinals at the expense of the current World Cup champions. It's incredible. France has some serious questions to ask. You know, um, there's a thing on on football Twitter, and I caution you, football Twitter is a bunch of, like, uh, troll posts and a bunch of things that, that you know, they'll bring up a stat that makes, you know, a certain player look terrible, even though um, it's not in context. You know, they do a bunch of crazy things, but just complete shock, you know, as France... You know, they said that France was no tactics, just vibes. You know, and it's almost like the French played as if they were going to turn up and eventually Le Bleu were just going to, you know, win the game because we're France. Switzerland had other ideas. And to be honest, this is a complete failure from Didier Deschamps, the French coach, um, who I, I personally think that, heck, maybe maybe it's his time to go. You know, am very, very gutted for for players like Pogba, who has been excellent this tournament, and I would have enjoyed to see him play more, even though he is a Manchester United player. We're suspending our disdain for Manchester United 
Well, actually, it's oh, we can go back to disliking them since Pogba's out, but objectively, Pogba's a great player, and when he plays in on the French national team, he actually plays with a manager who's talented enough to use him correctly. So, um, shout out to Switzerland, France. Go back and really reassess what's going on at uh, Le Clefontaine or whatever. Yeah, the training ground. Go back and reassess because there's no way that a team chocked full of all of those stars is going to be losing to no disrespect to Switzerland. But France, you're up 3-1. That's absolutely embarrassing. You can blame Kylian Mbappe. He's been he's been pretty bad this tournament. He hasn't been he hasn't been what we thought. One of my buddies who's a casual football fan, he texts me and he goes, "Oh, this is the guy Mbappe you were telling me about." And I'm like, "Yeah, he's normally a lot better." You know, and I, that's all I could say. Um, and granted, he's a casual, but still, someone like Mbappe. I mean, you remember the World Cup 2018? He jumps off the screen. He absolutely commands attention, and he just didn't do that. Even that penalty. I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't the greatest penalty. It was at a good height for, height for Jan Sommer to save, and he did. But I, I just feel like Mbappe wasn't himself. Maybe that's too much football. Maybe it's kind of being shoehorned into uh, this team. On the, I believe he played on the left most of the game, and usually he wants to run down the middle. It could be any number of those reasons. Or maybe he just got overawed and didn't show up in a big tournament. These things happen. So, again, shout to the Swiss. Um, they were able to get that done. Um and the, the French need a complete reboot of what it is they what it is they call a team because this one is going to sting. Now, ladies and gentlemen, how about England though? Like, I had Germany winning three one, I really did. But um, as well, we see Southgate once again um, not bother starting Jack Grealish. Um, the first seventy minutes or so of the game were. I mean, you had Timo Werner doing Timo Werner things, missing a one-on-one chance. If Timo Werner scores that one-on-one chance maybe like 11 or 10 minutes early in the game, we have a completely different game. Thomas Muller also has a one-on-one to tie the game up. Or I believe that, yeah, I be- actually, yeah, I believe that was after Sterling scored. Um, this this game just happened, so forgive me. But Thomas Muller also misses a one-on-one bearing down on goal where I thought he was definitely going to score. England won. Shout to Raheem Sterling once again, uh, proving a lot of the critics wrong. It's difficult to be a black footballer in England, um, as we have seen. But Raheem Sterling scores again, and he's looking in golden boot contention. Who would have thought that? Honestly, who would have thought that? But we also have the return of a guy you might have heard of called Harry Kane, and he also plays striker. I I know it doesn't seem like it because he's been anonymous this entire tournament. But again... I'm rooting for England at this point in the tournament, and if England is going to do anything at all, they need a fit and firing Harry Kane. He's looked like a refrigerator in boots, or cleats if you're listening in America. He has looked, and, and Harry Kane is never the, he's not a, I was talking to my brother over the weekend, and I'm like, I like the strikers like Luis Suarez. They're constantly busy. They're constantly attacking. They're constantly annoying the defenders, right? Kind of nibbling at their ankles, dropping into the channels, getting wide. I like that. Harry Kane is a much more, he's almost like a sniper. You know what I mean? He doesn't do much. He's not, not like a machine gun, rapid fire. He just lines up his shot, and, he, and he's deadly from anywhere from inside the box and out. And now Harry Kane drops deep into the center midfield 
to receive the ball, and he did it a couple of times this game. He almost uh, provided an assist for Calvin Phillips because Harry Kane drops into the maybe number eight, number ten role, gets the ball, turns and fires, um, basically replaces Calvin Phillips in the midfield, and it was a couple of strides away from him getting onto the end of that. So once again, Harry Kane, um, top goal scorer, golden boot, top assist maker in the Premier League. So he's, you know, and I was giving him, you know, digging him out a little bit there, but he's an incredible player. So for him to score at the last minute, I mean, again, I think Luke Shaw has been immense. Luke Shaw has been good. We're suspending our Manchester United disdain. Luke Shaw has been very good throughout this year and continues in the tournament. Raheem Sterling scores again. But we need to talk about Jack Grealish. We need to talk about Jack Grealish. This is why Southgate is still, uh, the jury's still out for him. Yes, you subbed him on earlier this time, but once again, Jack Grealish is on the pitch for 10 minutes, 5 minutes. He's already making everyone better. He gets another assist. And at this point, it's, it's really me wondering, well, what does this man have to do to start for you? You know, because as great as, as Raheem Sterling has been, if you told me that you're playing Jack Grealish over him, not and not now after he scored again, but I wouldn't mind that. That's how good Jack Grealish is. But all in all, he comes on and he does what he always does. Um, provides an offensive spark. This time it's a perfectly weighted ball and uh, a goal comes out of it. Gareth Southgate, I got to admit, I'm not his biggest fan. You all know that. Here at Chima Chance Foot, we have not stamped Gareth Southgate. I do not believe he has the minerals. He could prove me wrong. And I'm, a, I'm man enough to say that if I am proven wrong, I'll admit it. Who am I kidding? I'm petty. And no, I'm joking. But seriously, if he can continue in this vein of... Because here's the thing about England. England is all about the clean sheet right now. They, I don't think they've conceded a goal all tournament. Clean sheet, clean sheet, clean sheet. And if you never concede a goal, all you need is one. So I think that, you know, with the return of Harry Maguire, right, gag, uh, the return of Harry Maguire has really solidified uh, that English backline, and it's showing. It is absolutely showing. So here England is with a 2-0 win over Germany. And a quick note on Germany, we got to ask some questions. Every, so, every couple of tournaments, you see the death of a great team. You know, um, there was that team in Brazil that lost to, to, to a lot of these same German players, 8-2. You know, there was... Uh, uh, that France team that went down to the World Cup in South Africa, I believe it was France, and lost maybe in the group stages. It's every single England team ever. You know, the, the, the golden generation with Rooney, Lampard, Gerrard, John Terry, all these good players, they just get that one kind of death blow and they're never able to recover from. Um, I don't think it was France, right? I think that they have enough young players to bounce back for another tournament. But Germany, with the departure of their coach, Yogi Lowe, it seems like they're going to need to go back to the drawing board as well because, man, they looked toothless. And I know Liverpool almost got Timo Werner, but I thank God every day we didn't put $50 million down. I know Jurgen wanted him. I mean, Goretzka's a good player. Um, Kai Averts is looking more like the Kai Averts of the entire Premier League season. You know, not the because he's been picking up a little bit of form over the past couple of times, including the Champions League, obviously. But he looked fairly anonymous today. Serge Gnabry came on, didn't have a big impact. What's Germany going to do? You have people like Leroy Sané. I'm not sure he played much today at all either. You know, or, or if he did, he was anonymous. 
So there's a lot of questions. There's a lot of questions. Men, you know, Manuel Neuer, is that it? You know, is that it for him? I, I, I really, really was just shocked at Germany not really turning up. I want to give credit to England. I want to say England played well, but Germany never really bothered to turn up. Now, whose fault is that? Theirs. And, and, and 100% I'm doing that. But, man, all in all, a fantastic tournament. Um, it's about 16 minutes. I'm going to have to love you and leave you all. Um, this is Chima Chats Foot Euro Trip and Part Deuce. And we're going to be back with more content per usual, right? So please take care of yourselves. Enjoy the summer. Uh, spread love. And we'll chat soon in a bit. Peace.